Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 this morning. I want to share with you what I feel like that the Lord has laid on my heart for the service this morning. I really felt like that all week, that all week that we are, that we need to be encouraged, we need to be uplifted, we need, we need to be assured of some things. And this week the Lord led me to a passage of scripture that I'm sure that we have quoted many, many times. Is a scripture that probably when I was a kid, it was one of the, uh, outside of John 3.16, it was one of the first scriptures that I ever learned to memorize. And this week the Lord drew me to this passage of scripture, and I want to share it with you this morning. As an encouragement, as, as, a, as a way to uplift us and to encourage us. The book of Hebrews chapter 13, one verse of scripture this morning, verse number 8. Hebrews 13 and verse 8 simply says this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can we read that together? Can we all read that in unison together this morning? Hebrews 13 and 8 says... Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. For a few moments this morning, and if the Lord will help me, I promise you I'll try not to preach a long time, but I'll preach for as long as the Lord will allow me to. I want to talk to you on this thought. I want to talk to you about the God of your yesterday, the God of your today, and the God of your forever. The God of of your yesterday, the God of your today, and the God of your forever. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord God. God, I need your help. God, we need you to move in our lives this morning. God, I sense the urgency for which you have sent me to this pulpit this morning, Lord God. And I feel you pulling at our hearts. I feel you tugging at our hearts this morning. God, we need you to speak to us this morning. They don't just need to hear another preacher, but they need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today, Lord. Father, I just ask you that you would anoint these lips of clay, that you would anoint the ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And Father, we'll never cease to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says amen. amen. And amen. You may be seated in the house of God this morning. This morning I want to talk to you about the God of your yesterday, the God of your today, and the God of your tomorrow. Because the scripture that we read this morning in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. No doubt we are living in a season right now of upheaval. We are living in a season right now and a time in our, in, our, in our lives where we really don't know what's going to happen. We, we, for the past 10 to 12 weeks, we have experienced this COVID-19 virus. And I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of talking about the virus. But for the past 10 to 12 weeks, we have we have been in this in the season of not being able to gather together. We're not being able to go to places. Businesses have shut down. Uh, uh, people have lost their economic security. People have lost. People have lost their lives. And then it seems like that as soon as it felt like that we were over that hurdle and things were kind of getting and things were reopening then then we have the incident that happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota where a young man unjustly lost his life. 
He unjustly lost his life. But in the midst of all that, while people were standing up and declaring that we needed to have justice for this young man, that, that all of a sudden that cities begin to be burned down to the ground and, and riots begin to, to begin to take over some of our major cities in the United States. And so we begin to look at everything that is going around and we are saying, my goodness, things are changing. And sometimes, and in looking at this, perhaps that at times we look at this and we think that the most constant and permanent thing in this season is actually change. As a matter of fact, when you hear the newscasters and you hear the political puppets, they're talking and they're wanting to talk to us about the new normal. They're wanting us to talk to you about the, the new way of doing things because the fact of the matter is things are changing right now. And I don't believe that things will ever get back to the way that they were. I really don't believe that. I wish I could sit here and tell you that perhaps things are going to get better. But I, but the Bible says that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. I believe that they, that I believe that our answer is not in Washington D.C. Our answer is not in anything else but Jesus Christ. But we are in a season of change. You see, even some of our churches, some of our religions are changing. Because the sad truth is, we have replaced fire with form. We have replaced prayer with program. And we have replaced reality with ritual. The fact of the matter is, things are changing. And if the church of Jesus Christ doesn't do something, doesn't realize that our hope comes from the Lord, I truly and believe that we are going in the wrong path if things do not change for the better. But the fact of the matter is, there is the certainty of uncertainty. Uncertainty is filling the air. What am I going to do about my health? What am I going to do about uh, about my job. What am I going to do about uh, what am I going to do about the church? Can I tell you right now, in the midst of everything that has happened through COVID nineteen and through all of these riots that are going on, there have been churches that have closed their doors because they are afraid to reopen. They are afraid to reopen their sanctuaries. Uncertainty is filling the air. What am I going to do about my child's education? What is happening in this world? And most of us are looking to the future with fear. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked about this. In Luke chapter 21 and verse 26 when He said, Men's hearts will fail them for fear. And for looking after the things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. But I want to tell you, for the child of God, for us that are blood-bought, sanctified, spirit-filled people, we should not live in fear. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 and verse 9, He said, when you hear about these things, when you hear of wars and commotions, when you hear about nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom, when you hear about wars and pestilence, he said, be not terrified. Paul would come along and he would write, he said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us a power and love and of a sound mind. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, because if you believe in God, you should also believe in me. And for the child of God, we have no place for fear. You see, and when we think of all of this, when we think of all the uncertainty in the world, there is only one thing. 
thing that will enable humanity to face the uncertainty of time of the times that is going on right now and it is found in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 when the prophet would write and he said for I am the Lord and I change not and he would add on and he would say and therefore you sons of Jacob shall not be consumed the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever gives this boy hope that I know that I don't have to fear about tomorrow I don't have to fear about what Washington DC is going to do I don't have to fear about riots going on in our nation because I know that I am covered by the blood I know that I'm walking by faith I know that his hand that my hand is in his hand I know that he is with me because he has promised that he will never leave me and that he would never forsake me but he would go with me all the way even unto the end you see and that's the Jesus that I want to talk to you this morning about I want to talk to you about the Jesus that never changes I want to talk to you about the Jesus that's the same yesterday today and forever I want to talk to you this morning about the unchangeable Christ because you see when we get to the book of Hebrews we see the book of Hebrews sets forth the unchangeable nature of this man Jesus that we serve. Because when you read the book of Hebrews, it is all about going from the passing to the permanent. It's all about going to the changing, to the changeless. Let me give you some scriptures here in Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 10 through 12, the Bible says, Thou, O Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou will remain. They shall wax old as doth the garment, and as the vesture thou shalt fold them up, and they shall change. But thou, Lord, art the same and thy years shall not fail and Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12 the writer of Hebrews says but this man speaking of Jesus after he had offered one sacrifice for sin for sins forever sat down at the right hand of God and Hebrews chapter 12 verses 27 and 28 the writer says in this word yet once more signifieth the removing of the things that are shaken as of the things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with all reverence and godly fear and Hebrews chapter 7 verse 24 and 25 he says but this man because he continues forever has an unchangeable priesthood wherefore he is able also to save them unto the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them who is this God that I'm talking about I'm talking about the second person of the triune Godhead I'm talking about Jesus Christ I'm talking about the Jesus that is the same yesterday today and forever and church I come by this morning to tell somebody that if he is a God that never changes of whom shall I fear and of whom shall I be afraid he is the same and he does not change. He is the God of yesterday. The Bible says that he is the Alpha and he is the Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the first and he is the last. He said, I am he that was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And behold, I hold the keys of death and of hell. He is the one that never had a beginning. He is the one that spoke everything into existence. He is the one that stepped out and said, let there be light. And there was light. He was the one that caused the stars to be able to sing together.
together. He was the one that when he put the stars in place, he called every star by their name. He was the God that reached down and grabbed up a handful of dirt and he took his finger and he carved out the fashion of a man. And then he took that man and he held him to his mouth and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. It was this God that came down in the garden in the cool of the day and he walked with Adam and he talked with Adam and he had sweet fellowship with this man. This was the God that when he that when that when Adam fell in the garden, Jesus came down and said, Adam, where are you? Because it lets me know that even though I may walk away from God, he is always searching for me. He is always looking for me. He is always wanting to know exactly where I am at. He is the same God that when Adam fell in the garden, he looked at Satan and he told Satan, he said, listen, I'm going to put in between your seed and the woman's seed and you're going to bruise his heel but I tell you there's somebody that's going to show up on the scene that's going to crush your head it's the same God it's the same God that came down and walked with Enoch and the Bible says Enoch was not because God took him it was the same God that came down and as Moses was sitting, excuse me, as Abraham was sitting in his in the door of his tent, he saw three men walking up over the hillside. And, and Abraham went out to meet them. But there was something about the man that stood in the middle. Because the Bible says they just weren't just angels. There were two of them were angels. But there was one that was different that was in the middle. Because Abraham bowed down and worshipped him. Because how many knows that we don't worship angels? But he bowed down and he worshipped at the feet of Almighty God. And God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless those that bless you and I'm going to curse those that curse you and through your seed shall all the nations of the world be blessed. It's the same God that Jacob began to wrestle with. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the, and the Lord said, who are you? He said, I'm Jacob. He said, no, no longer will you be called Jacob. No longer will you be called a trickster and a conniver and a supplanter. He said, but I'm going to call you Israel because you have prevailed, because you are a prince. It's the same God. It's the same God that called that called out to Moses on the backside of a desert and said, Moses, take off the shoes from off your feet. He said, because the ground in which you stand on is holy ground. And I'm calling you to go to Pharaoh and to those people that are in bondage. And you tell Pharaoh, let my people go. It was the same God that was with Moses as he stood out over the Red Sea. And he told Moses, Moses, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It was the same God that called Moses up on Mount Sinai and said hide here in the cliff of the rock so that you can behold my glory. I want to tell you Jesus Christ in our yesterday. Hallelujah. It was the same God that allowed David to pick up five smooth stones out of the brook to go out and face Goliath. It was the same God that took Gideon and 300 men and delivered a nation. It was the same God that was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they refused to bow, they refused to bend, and when they threw them into the when the king threw them into the furnace, God was the fourth man in the furnace. Because, because King Nebuchadnezzar walked up to the edge of the furnace and looked over and said, Did we not cast three men? Behold, I see four men walking around, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. It's the same God that when Daniel refused to obey the edict of the king, and he still bowed down his face and prayed three times a day, and they threw him into a den of lions. God came down and shut those lions out. I want to tell somebody, I want to tell from eternity past. I tell you, God has always been in control. It's the same God that was born of a virgin. And John said that he came down, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
It was the same God that everywhere he went, Peter said, he was doing good. It was the same God that when the funeral procession would come by down the streets of Jerusalem, he would stop the funeral procession and raise the dead to life. It's the same Jesus that when, that when there was a blind man and his disciples wanted to have a theological discussion as to who sinned, him or his parents. And Jesus said, neither. But he's blind so that God may be glorified. I just want to stop right now and I want to tell somebody that the reason why you're in the, the, the season that you're in right now may not be because you've done something wrong or because your parents did something wrong, but I, a lot of times I've found out that God will put you right where he needs you so that he can get the glory out of your life. It's the same God that spit on the ground and anointed that blind man's eyes. It's the same God that stood at the tomb of Lazarus. And when he had been dead for four days, and they said there's no reason to go to that grave because by now he already stinks. But Jesus said, take away the stone. And he lifted up his head and said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. He said, I know that you always hear me because I do those things which are pleasing in your sight. But because of this multitude that is around here, that's the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying right now. And then he stands up and he cries with a loud voice and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes bouncing out, bound hand and foot. And Jesus looks at all of those that are around and says, loose him and set him free. It's the same God that was taken to the whipping post and he was beaten with a cat and nine tails. And every time that he was beaten, every time that he was whipped, every time a speck of blood was dropped, he said, it's for your healing and it is for your deliverance. He is the same God that hung, oh, he that hung between heaven and earth and he stretched forth his hands and he cried out, it is finished so that you and I wouldn't have to die and go to hell. It's the same God that he was buried in a borrowed tomb, but three days later, right on schedule, the same God that laid down his life had the same power to pick it back up, and behold, he is alive forevermore. It's the same, I'm not done yet. It's the same God, it's the same God that he was sending into heaven, and all of a sudden, two angels were standing by and white apparel, and they said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heavens? For the same Jesus that you've seen taken up from you will so come again in like manner. It's the same God. It's the same God that met Saul of Tarshish on the road to Damascus and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Is it hard for you to kick against the bricks? And Saul said, what will you have me to do, Lord? He said, you go to a street that is called straight and it'll be there to tell you what you should do. It's the same God that while John the Revelator was on the Isle of Patmos, heard a voice behind him and said, John, and he said, I turned and looked and behold, I saw one standing in the midst of seven golden candlesticks. His hair was white like wool. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet were like shot and were like fine brass that had been burned in the furnace. Out of his mouth put a sharp two-edged sword. And he said, John, I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. What you have seen, write it down. Jesus was the God of our yesterday. But I want to tell you tonight, this morning, He's the God of your today. Ah, praise the Lord. I want to tell you. It's good to share all those stories about what God did in the past when we open up the Bible. And we look at it. But He is the God of our today. The same realities that is true back then is the same reality that is true right now. Oh my goodness, I feel good in my soul right now. I want to tell you there's not one promise that was given back then that's not available for you today. Uh, I'm pre 
preaching better than you're shouting right now. If nobody else feels good, I feel good in my soul right now. And I want to tell you the same God that healed then is the same God that will heal today. I want to tell somebody that the same God that delivers yesterday is the same God that delivered today. I want to tell you that the same God that baptizes in the Holy Ghost yesterday is the same is the same God that baptizes in the Holy Ghost today. I want to tell somebody that the same God that saved yesterday is still able to save today. I want to tell you right now, that's what we need. My goodness. We just need to preach Jesus. I don't want to preach from the headlines. I don't want I, I don't want to I don't want to preach out of USA today. I don't want to preach my politics. I don't want I don't want to preach my opinion. I just want to preach Jesus. And I believe that if the church would just get back to preaching Jesus, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, we'd see a move of God, sweet my God. We'd see a move of God, sweep this nation and sweep this world, and it would be transformed in that world. Gideon said, Where be all the miracles? We've seen that I've heard my fathers talk about. And I believe we're in a place in the church that we're asking the same questions. Well, God, if you're really for us, God, if you're really who you say you are, then why don't we see the miracles like we do like we've heard them talk about in the past. I remember I was twelve years old. Twelve years old on a Sunday afternoon playing football out in the front yard with my uh, with friends in the neighborhood. And somehow or another I I moved in the wrong direction and all of a sudden in my right knee was a pop. Felt like somebody, I've never been shot before in my life. But if I could compare it to anything, I'd probably, it sounded like somebody just unloaded a shotgun in my knee. And I could not, I could not walk. Could not get up and put any pressure. I crawled to the front porch. None of my friends helped me up. They all left. And I crawled to the front porch and I was banging on the door crying out. My mom came out and picked me up, rushed me to the hospital, rushed me to the emergency room. They went in, did all the x-rays, MRIs, all those different types of things, came back out, told, told my mom and said he has completely, he has completely tore his ACL off the bone. It is not attached at all. And says, then we need to go, we need to do surgery. Now my mom was a praying woman. It wasn't that she didn't have anything, she didn't have anything against doctors or anything like that. Believed in doctors. But she was a woman of faith. And she said, that's fine. She looked at her watch and it was about 5.30. And she said, church starts at 6 o'clock. She said, you schedule the surgery in the morning. And the doctors say, no, we got to do surgery. We need to do surgery now. She goes, no, I'm going to take my son to church. And if he doesn't get healed when he's at church, then we'll be back in the morning and you can do the surgery. But we're going to try God first. That was her exact words. Me, I'm 12 years old and I'm just screaming and crying and pain to somebody. Some, I don't care if it's God or the doctor, somebody do something. She loaded me in the back seat of that car and drove, drove to Bartow, Florida, where we were attending church at that time. And I'll never forget it. We were about 30 minutes late to the service. And it was one of those churches still this way to this day. I can take you there. They don't have a foyer in the church. They have those doors 
that as soon as you open up the doors, you go right into the church. And there are those old, loud wooden doors. So when you open them up, they creak. And if something's going on, everybody just kind of goes. When somebody walks in the back door. And we walked in about 30 minutes. We walked in about 30 minutes late to the service. Well, she carried me in about 30 minutes late to the service. As soon as we opened up the door, I'll never forget a dear, dear, precious saint of God that has pastor that has already gone on to be with the Lord. Brother Preston Edwards, I'll never forget. I'll never forget this moment as long as I live. They were still singing and worshiping the Lord. He was standing up on the platform as soon as we walked in. He stopped everything and said at about 5.30 this afternoon, said the Lord spoke to me and said that, said that Sister Dolly, who was, who was, who was my mom, was coming and bringing her son. And as soon as they got here, we were to pray. Bring your son up here. She brought me up and I'm, I'm standing like this, leaning up against her. And he says, I don't know what's going on. He says, and I don't have to know what's going on. He said, but the Lord said, told me at 5.30 this afternoon, which was at the exact same time that my mom told the doctor we're going to church. And said... I was to lay hands on you and God was going to heal you. And he says, son, do you believe that God will heal you? And through tears, I'm like, can't walk. And he laid his hands on me. And I like to say that he shook and shouted and spoke in tongues and all that. kind of, But he didn't do any of that. He just laid his hands on me. And one of the most quietest prayers I'd ever heard in my life. And the only thing that he said was, he said, father... I believe you to heal him. For your word says, by your stripes, we are healed. In the name of Jesus, heal him. That was his prayer. All of a sudden, there was a pop that went off in my knee. And all of a sudden, the knee that was locked up and I couldn't walk off, all of a sudden began to be, become flexible. And I was able to walk. And you know how us Pentecostal preachers are? Then we start saying, we'll just run back and forth across the, uh, across the front right here. And so I tell you, and we broke out. We broke out in a two-week revival in that church out of that one thing. People begin to get saved. People begin to get delivered. My mom took me back to the doctor. My mom took me back to the doctor the next morning and said, you need to run another, you need to run another, another uh, x-ray or an MRI and check. The doctor came back out and said, listen, I don't know what has happened. Because here is the x-ray. You can see that his ACL is, com is completely torn off the bone. He said, but listen. He said, I don't know what has happened. He said, but somewhere during the night, that ACL has reattached itself back to the bone. As a matter of fact, I can't even see where there has ever been a tear. It looks like a brand new ACL. My mom began to shout and speak in tongues in that doctor's office. They said, let me tell you what happened. He said, I served Jehovah Rapha. I serve the God that heals. I want to tell you, it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. And you just kind of have to excuse me because I just feel like preaching this. I'll never forget a good friend of mine, Brother Steve Holder, great praise and worship leader. At the time, him and his wife were youth pastors at a church in Georgia. Their youth group had went into an all-night prayer meeting. And when you get a group of teenagers that will be willing to get together and pray all night, You'll start seeing things. But they prayed, they had an all-night prayer meeting. His wife had to go, and his wife had to go to school the next morning. It was a teacher had to go to school the next morning. And as she was driving to work, another vehicle came and met her head on. Through the wreckage and everything, it crushed both of her legs. So that they were her legs, her bone, they were just bone fragments. They were completely shattered and crushed. They rushed her to the emergency room. They weren't actually, at first, they were not expecting her to live. But then they said, Well, if she ever does make it out of this, she'll never be able to walk again. She'll never be able, she'll never be able to function normally again. And said, and they said. Mr. Holder, we need to do surgery immediately on her to help with something if we're, if, if, on her legs. And he said, all right, do it. 
So they went and, and did an x-ray. And they came back and they told, and, and by this time the, the lobby was full and the waiting room was full of people from the church that were praying and seeking God. And they were, and the doctor, the surgeon came in and said, Mr. Holder, we got to put off we got to put off the surgery for a minute because when we, when we did the test and we did the studies, we, we noticed that her bone fragments and her legs are actually moving around. And says, we'll, we'll try again tomorrow. And then the next day, they came, they, they did another x-ray. The doctor came back out and told, and told Brother Holder, said that we can't do surgery today because those bone fragments are still moving around. What they didn't know was that when they would bring her back in, that he would walk around her bed. And you remember that old song that we used to sing? She, he would start walking around the bed and go, walk around me, Jesus. Walk around. Walk around me, Jesus. Walk around. Walk around me, Jesus. Walk around. Walk around my bedside now. And for a week, they would take her and to, and to prep her for surgery. But every time they would do the x-ray to see if she was ready, they would find out that those bone fragments were still moving. And one week's time, when they went back and they did the last x-ray, every piece of bone fragment came back together and repaired the leg on their own. I want to tell somebody that Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he's done for one, he'll do. tell you this morning and in the midst of all the fear in the midst of all the uncertainty in the midst of all the changes in the midst of us not knowing the answers to everything Jesus Christ is still the same today and I want to tell somebody in this house this morning that whatever that you're facing, whatever that you're going through, my God, I feel the Holy Spirit all up and down me right now. Whatever it is, the battle is that you're facing, He's still the same today. He hasn't lost one ounce of authority. He hasn't lost one ounce of power. He has not sat up on his throne and thought to himself, well, that really took me by surprise. I didn't see that coming. And he didn't call a board meeting with all the heavenly hosts to say, what in the world are we going to do because this completely took me by surprise. It may have taken us by surprise, but it didn't take God by surprise. My God. And I want to tell you this morning, He's the same today. Not only is He the God of our yesterday, not only is He the God of our today, but He's the God of our tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You listen to some so-called prophets, and that's what I'm calling them, some so-called prophets. They're, they'll tell you that, that everything is just is getting ready to get so, oh, so wonderful. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture doesn't say that. As a matter of fact, as we see the day of the Lord approaching, if I understand anything about the Scriptures, it's going to get worse. Amen. You can say amen or oh me, either one. Now you say, well, what about all this stuff about the end time move of God? What I have found out is sometimes in the, great, the greatest moves of God I've ever seen come out of great persecution. And it didn't, oh my goodness, it didn't come from somebody on TV with their 800 number telling you to sow a seed into their ministry. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, come, it didn't come from self-proclaimed prophets and prophetesses. 
that wouldn't know the Bible if it slapped them across the face. But it will come. Revival will come when the squeeze is put on the church. And those who truly believe what they say will begin to cry out to God. You want to know how the world got turned upside down in the book of Acts? It was because in Jerusalem, they become persecuted and they had to be scattered abroad. So I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm, I just got to preach it like I feel it. And if you get mad at me, then you're just going to have to get mad at me. We'll have an altar call and you can ask God to forgive you here in a minute. But I need more. Now I'm thankful. But I need more than just a photo op with the Bible. I need somebody that will open up the Bible and get it on the inside of them. And I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. This ain't about politics. This is about us knowing who it is that we serve. I don't need another photo op. What I need is men and women. What God needs is men and women that will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. I want to tell you something about that verse. That verse is not a nationalistic verse. That verse is not for America. That verse is for the church. And I want to tell you, my, I don't know how I got on this, brother. Brother Johnny, but I just feel like... I just, we shouldn't be praying God save America. We ought to be praying God save souls. Because God doesn't save ideologies. God doesn't, God doesn't save countries. God saves people. And when I, I know I know I know I know I'm rubbing the I know I'm rubbing some of yours cat the wrong way right now, but that's okay. But the fact of the matter is, we need to get back to the place where we understand that our help comes from the Lord. And I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. It may all crumble and go to pot. But I want to tell you one thing: I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that anything that I commit unto Him, He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Praise God. I wish I could tell you that everything's going to be alright tomorrow. But I know this, that even though if I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Amen. Come on. I know that He is with me. Amen. And His rod and His staff, they will comfort me. I may have to go to the doctor tomorrow and the doctor look at me from across the room and say there's no hope anymore. I know we don't like to talk about things like that because we like to talk about things that will always walk in divine health and divine wealth. That's not scriptural. As a matter of fact, there's one, there, there's one prophet in the Bible. I'm, I'm just going to tip over some sacred cows if I can right now. And if you get mad, you're just going to have to get mad. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible, there's, a, there's one in the Bible that says that all of a sudden he got the sickness by where which he was going to have to die. The New Testament says let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls unto Him. You mean to tell me, preacher, that there may be, there are times and seasons in my life that I may have to suffer and it is the will of God that I have to suffer? Yes, it is. And it doesn't matter how much rebuking and decreeing and declaring that you do, you're going to have to go through it. Amen. Amen. But you have to know and whom you have believed. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The old song says, I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. I don't know about tomorrow, Brother Johnny. But I know who holds my hand. And the same God that was with them, and the same God. That's with me today. Is the same God that's going to be with me in my tomorrow. No matter what it looks like. No matter what I have to face. 
No matter what you have to face. Tomorrow, if it all comes crumbling down, I don't know why I feel like why I feel so pressed to stay right here. If tomorrow it comes all crumbling down. What are we as the church going to do? What if tomorrow the edict comes down? All sanctuaries have to close. And you can't walk into the sanctuary anymore. And if you do, you'll go to jail. If you think that that's not the agenda that's trying to come to the United States of America right now, What will the church do? I tell people this all the time. This right here is not the church. And if I got to go meet in a field somewhere and sit on a tree stump like the old Methodists used to do and have service, if the only way that we can have church is for it to be 72 degrees inside the sanctuary and we have padded pews, then we have a misunderstanding of what it means to come together. What will we do tomorrow with all the uncertainty of tomorrow? I rest in the hope, Sister Tanya, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And now I want to close with this. He is the God of our forever. I said it earlier in the the message. As Jesus was on the Mount of Olives and he ascended into the heavens, two men in white apparel were there and said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into the heavens? For the same Jesus that is taken away from you will so come again in like manner. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse, John chapter 14, verse 1, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house for many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Our tomorrow is filled with hope. Because I'm waiting for a trumpet to sound. I'm waiting for a voice to say, come up hither. I'm waiting on the voice. I'm waiting on the Father to turn to His Son and say, Son, go get your children. I'm waiting for the trumpet to sound. Waiting for the Lord to descend with, from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. I'm ready for, I'm waiting on the day when the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then I'm waiting for us that are alive and remain will be called up together to meet the Lord and the air. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to comfort one another with those words. Because you know what? My, this, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I want to tell you right now, I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ and I'm waiting on the trumpet of sound and I'm ready for the church to be called away. That fills my heart with hope. That fills my heart with peace. That fills my heart with joy. And I tell you, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know there's coming a day that Jesus Christ is going to come and take his church out of here. And that brings me hope. Stand with me all over this house. Lift your hands all over this house this morning. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. He does not change. We have to 
I understand that. He still moves. He still heals. He still delivers. He still saves. He still sanctifies. He still baptizes in the Holy Ghost. And I think, I personally think that a lot of what we are seeing in the church today, and I know, listen, I get it. I know you get tired of hearing me talk about the modern church. I get that. A lot of it has to do with the fact that somewhere or the church has shifted its eyes off of Jesus and has put it on other things. And because of that, we don't see things like we would want to. You heard me say this a couple of weeks ago. Sister Darlene and I were talking. We were talking about there was a time that we, that we were excited about coming to church because we didn't know what was going to happen. Who was going to get saved? Who was going to get delivered? Who was going to get set free? Who was going to be healed? And now we've, the church has relegated it to a handful of songs. Somebody's going to sing a special. And then let's hear a nice message and let's make sure that we don't go too long. And I understand that I'm conscious of all of that. I am. But I know this. I know when we decide that we want to have our way, God won't have His. The last, well, not the last time, but one of the greatest demonstrations I saw, Sister Arlene, of a genuine move of the Spirit happened a few years ago, and I'll never forget it. I know you're standing right now, so I'm going to try to make this quick. At our home church down in Florida, where we were at for 18 years. That Sunday morning, we were getting ready. We were getting ready to have, we were going to have a baptismal service in the service. And we did, we did all the preliminary, we did all the prep work, we did all the organization. We didn't have a baptistry like we have here. We had a portable baptistry. We rolled it out and used it and we rolled it back into storage. We just had, we didn't have room. Our sanctuary couldn't accommodate a baptistry. So but we asked people, those that wanted to be baptized, put your name on the list. And this Sunday we're going to have a baptism service. And I think when we started the service that morning... There was, I think, 23 on the list that were going to be baptized. Pastor preached. Great service. And usually, the baptism service, and I'm just being honest with you, the baptism service is usually always just the thing that we add on the end after all the other good stuff has been done. And we just kind of add that on the end. And, you know, and if you want to stay for it, you can stay for it. If not, you can go on home. All those different types of things. You know what I mean? But baptism is an act of worship. And we begin to baptize people. And somewhere on YouTube or whatever, you can still go on YouTube and you can find the service. Service started at 10.30. We started baptizing people around about, started with baptism around about 12. And the power of God fell in that place. Spontaneous it fell. So still it fell in that place. 
to where all of a sudden we left the cameras running. We got so caught up in everything that was going on, the, our live stream continued to run. Well, we didn't know that there were people that were two, two and a half hours away that were watching the move of God that was going on in that church next to Gold's Gym in Winter Haven, Florida. And people were commenting and going, don't stop. We've, the Spirit of God has just convicted us and we have given our hearts and lives to the Lord. If you'll stay there, we want to come and be baptized. And we had people drive two hours, got baptized and joined the church. Don't tell me that people won't drive a distance for a move of God. People started walking in off the streets. Because as they would walk by the building, the Spirit of God would arrest them. And they would give their hearts and lives to God and they would walk in. Baptism started at 12 and it didn't end until according to 7 that night. There were still 150, 200 people in the sanctuary by the time it was done. We had baptized close to almost 100 people that day. And there are times I reflect on that. Not in the sense of like living in the good old days. Because that was just a couple of years ago. But in the sense of God, do it again. God, spontaneously break out. Because you say that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I asked the Lord this this week, Brother Johnny. I asked the Lord this. I told somebody Wednesday night after I got done preaching, somebody said something to me. And I said, there's hardly ever a message that I'll ever preach that is something that God hasn't dealt with me on. And I haven't preached to myself. Brother Johnny, this week, I asked that question to the Lord, and I said, Lord, why can't we see that today? Why can't our churches see that today? And Brother Johnny, he just, as plain as could be, he just so sweetly spoke to me. He said, they can if they'll just allow me. And then he said, and I will, if you'll allow me. And I felt so convicted. And I said, Lord, help me. Because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What He did before, He'll do today. And He'll be the God of our tomorrow. If we'll allow him to be. Let us bow our heads and let's pray. Father. Come before you this morning. God I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with just. Living on memories. I'm not satisfied with just living. On past experiences. And if you did something yesterday, God, we need you to do it today. Father, I ask you today, Lord God, show yourself again to us. Help this world know, Lord God. Help this world know that you have not changed. And what you did before, you'll do again today. And God, regardless of what tomorrow holds, you'll be the same tomorrow. We can trust in you. Father, be with us. Comfort us. Bring us peace. Give us the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory.
Father, we'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says amen, amen. and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house this morning. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless, and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Thank you.